Nice one, Chris. We're back on the episode of The Replaceable Podcast. Chris, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Rafal? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, we got an exciting one in uh, store for you guys today. I think you all love this one. Uh, yes. Today, as all I'm sure all of you know, one of the most exciting month, month and a half of non-MLB baseball. The World Baseball Classic, where 20 teams, four pools compete for one championship. And this is really going to be a fun episode today because, you know, it's not our typical episode where we just go into MLB and pick a certain topic. This is just going to be an entire world competing and all these players coming in from different countries and then representing their respective countries. And today... We're going to mix things up a little bit because we're not going to do the classic or classic episodes. We're going to mix it up. We're going to go through the lineups, the top five stunning pitchers, and a lot of other things, honestly, to be honest. So we got a lot of store for you guys. Chris, I am totally psyched for today. I don't know about you. Yes, this is very exciting. I am looking forward to it. Players have reported they're getting ready to go. I mean, we are like, two weeks away from the World Baseball Classic kicking off. So everybody is getting amped up. That's on their rosters. Unfortunately, for those who haven't followed along, there have been some player departures. Um, Guys who were initially on some rosters have decided to step away either from injury or second last-minute decisions or anything like that. So it has kind of dampened some teams' overall outlook, um, you know, which is unfortunate, but um, they, you know, Everything still goes forward. There are still other guys that are on the team and players will have to step up and there are replacement level players uh, that will come in and fill those spots. But, um, you know, obviously the front guys, the main stars are, that are going to be out, such as like Clayton Kershaw and Nestor Cortez for Team USA, it does kind of hurt them a little bit. But uh, nevertheless, Team USA, the reigning WBC champs um, from 2017 yes it's been a minute since the last time we had one of these but they are the reigning champs and their roster still looks good and they're going to be a tough team to beat yeah definitely usa is always one of the big contenders and they're always kind of the team to beat like you said chris so let's get right into things you know just for you guys because i'm sure a lot of you guys are kind of just fun people so we're also fun people so, today we're going to rank the best hats out of all 20 teams. Chris, I'm going to give you my top three in order. Uh, one, obviously, being my favorite. So, my third favorite hat in the WBC goes to the one and only Australia. I, oh. I, I Honestly, I happen to like th- th- uh, one thing that kind of stands out for me is those four stars. Mm-hmm. On top of the A, and I really like how that A kind of signifies a shooting star. I, I, I the color kind of throws me off a little bit. Kind of, it's kind of like a, kind of looks to me like an A's esque type of hat. If you know what I'm saying, Chris. But uh, yeah. three is gonna go to my A's, at two. Two was a toughie for me because I was kind of torn between a couple of countries, but I'm gonna happen have to go with Puerto Rico because it's way too clean. That PA is just perfectly matched, and I just I, I just didn't think that anything could really beat it. So Puerto Rico 
at number two. And finally, for my favorite hat, heading into the 2023 World Baseball Classic, the one and only team, Czech Republic. My number one Ooh. Czech Republic. Okay. That CB is just perfectly aligned. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like there's nothing wrong. The design is so perfect that there's even adding one more line would just totally throw it off. So Czech Republic is my favorite cap. Chris, let's see what our argument is here. Yeah, yeah, no, those are very solid choices, very solid. Um, unfortunately, they are all the wrong choices, and oh. I will proceed to give you the, the correct choices here. Um, <laughs> um, going in at number three, there's something about Israel's hat. I don't know what it is exactly, but I like it. It's different. I like the David Starr that they have on front. It's something unique. It doesn't necessarily like remind me of any other – Major League Baseball teams had or anything like that. Like you look at Cuba's with the C, I kind of get a reminder of like the Chicago Cubs, uh, Columbia's with theirs. I kind of get a little Guardians-esque, Nicaragua. It's an N. The only N that I know in that kind of style reminds me of Northwestern University. So Israel, it's something different, something unique. It's it's very nice. It's very clean. I like it. I do like the Czech Republic, like you said as well. That is another one that is different. Number two for me, I'm going with China. Uh, it's probably, you know, for political reasons, probably not a good choice, but, you know, we're not talking about that. We're talking about baseball here. And I like the hat. I really like how they have the little dragon doing their C. Uh, it's, I think that's pretty ingenious of them as well. And then my number one is actually Team Australia. Uh, from a distance, I had that same vibe, with, like you mentioned about, like Oakland A's kind of resemblance and look to it and everything. But when you see like a bigger picture or you see the hat up close, I really, really like it. I think it's the best of the bunch. Um, there's just not a lot of other ones that are out there that I feel that are better than it. I like the way they've kind of positioned everything around it to really make it look you know, more picturesque and more kind of like artistic and everything. So I got to give it up to Team Australia with the best hat in the World Baseball Classic. You know, you know, you know, Chris, that that's happens to be the... the um... That, that kind of was one of my final options, Canada. I was kind of thinking about that because I do like how it kind of looks like the Calgary Flames. That would kind of be my comparison because mm. it has call, that, yeah. you know, that fiery edge to it towards the top of the sea. So I was yeah. kind of like, like the second I thought that was like Calgary Flames, like the second I thought of that. So that kind of <laughs> stood out for me. I definitely like, I definitely like that. Okay, fine. So we got rid of, we've covered the hat category. Now mm-hmm. let's head over to the best uniforms, Corgi, category. Let's do this again. We'll give our top three. Chris, how about you go first? Okay. So for for uniforms, I'm going to go with number three. And I don't know if Puerto Rico is going to rock these or not. I really hope they do. But they've got this, like, jersey that kind of has like a skyline at the bottom of it and everything, like around, like, the, the belly button and midsection of it. That thing is pretty cool and pretty pretty unique um you know for those who follow the nba the nba has this like city jersey for every team that's out there and it kind of captures that city's like feel and kind of culture and everything And i feel like that's what puerto rico kind of did with this jersey and i really would like it i hope they wear it a lot because i think it's pretty cool another one that i like is uh team israel that's something 
the way they designed it, it kind of very much gives me a throwback kind of um, classic vibe. Just it's pinstripes, nothing too fancy, white and blue with, you know, Israel across the front. Um, but I don't know, just something about it. Like I feel nostalgic when I see it. Like, oh, that's probably something back in the day when like Yogi Berra played, um, you know, something like that. I, I don't know what, what it is about that that kind of brings out that feeling or anything. Uh, but the number one best uniform in the World Baseball Classic is going to be none other than Team Italy. They've got some really nice blue uh, alternate ones in there that are pretty solid, pretty sharp, and I really dig them a lot. I think they're great. Uh, Mexico I get, is getting a lot of hype for theirs, and to me, that just there's it's it's Boston Red Sox. Like it's I've seen it; it's been done. Like it's nothing unique. But what Team Italy is doing with theirs, I don't know of another team that's out there that's doing anything like theirs. Like Kansas City has that powder blue but not the same kind of stylistic that Italy's doing. Tampa Bay has one as well. And again, not the same same thing as all as their, as Italy's as well. So Team Italy has the best uniforms by far in the World Baseball Classic. Okay. So, you know what, to be honest, we're not too far off in our rankings. So at three, I actually gave to Puerto Rico because I do really like uh, the one that you were talking about, actually, Chris, that the one with the I th- I'm pretty sure it's sort of like, I don't know, maybe a skyline it looks like mountains mm-hmm. on the yeah. bottom Puerto Rico. And they added a little some sort of building. I don't know exactly what, but that that, that definitely stands out to me. So that was my third favorite Hobson at number two. I am going to give to USA. I don't know what it is, but for USA, I just, I, I mean, I'm not obviously being, it's a little biased because I'm from USA, but I just, right. I really like the U, just the, the USA. I love how the UA is just bold blue with a little U ba- like backdrop. And then the S is just stripes. And, you know, they have the, the blue shoulder straps and, I don't know. I, I kind of just stands out to me. So that's my second favorite. And then my f- favorite, you were just ripping on it before, actually, Chris. But Mexico dropped <laughs> a very nice jersey. I was actually looking Ooh. on WBC. Uh, they're really selling merch. And I was looking at Mexico. And it had a really nice – it had, it was like some sort of painted – it's kind of splotches, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can look it up. Go on WBC WBC.com uh, and look at the merch. But – it's kind of like, it's not your classic straight line jersey. It's kind of like green spots all over the place, gray, and then a red spots all over the place. It's it's in like a line, but it's kind yeah, of like yeah. the edges. You've seen it. So um, that happens to be my favorite jersey. I would like to see them mix up their alternate jerseys and their home jerseys, but I, I this is definitely a jersey I want them to see them wear, and that's my top three. I don't know if you caught it, but uh, John Morosi was raving about Team Mexico and um, did mention their jerseys and, and their jersey drops and everything as well. So um, for those who don't get on the World Baseball Classic site or anything to check out and buy any merchandise or anything like that, um, check him out on Twitter. Uh, I think I retweeted it earlier because it was kind of a 
I don't know. We can say we can talk about more for another episode, but he's Moros is very, very high on Team Mexico doing some major damage in this tournament. Well, there you go, guys. That's just proof that I'm better than Chris because John Rossi <laughs> agrees with me. So there you go, guys. I am officially better than Chris. Thank you, guys. No question. Um, okay. So we've got that out of the way. So we got the fun part out of the way. It's still going to be fun, but uh, I think this will be even more competitive because we're usually very competitive when it comes to comparing players and giving our top five for everything. So now we're going to head over to our top five starting pitchers not just we're actually me and chris we're going back and forth about this past couple of days whether to do i don't i want to see what you guys think about this whether to do the top five rotation of all the countries or the top five starting pitchers overall so we actually settled for the top five starting pitchers overall obviously there were a couple of players that dropped out but overall we all both compiled a i mean i don't know what chris has but at least i did i'm sure he did but uh, I compiled a very elite staff. And you know what, Chris? Hit me with your top five. All right. So my top five pitchers. We're going to start at number five. None other than the pride and joy of Brownsburg, Indiana, and Lance Lynn representing Team USA. Um, again, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, there are some players that have dropped out of the World Baseball Classic. And if they were in, Lancelin probably doesn't make this list, but they aren't, and he's there, and he's a guy that I feel Team USA is going to have to rely kind of heavily on. He's he's a obviously a big human being. I think he's like 6'5", 280. Um, but he's going to have to be one of the more frontline starters for Team USA. Definitely a guy that's going to be able to work deeper into games to kind of save the bullpen for some other uh, other members of the rotation and just other you know matchups that they're going to face along the way. But number five, I've got Lance Lynn of Team USA. Number four, I've got Yu Darvish of Japan. It now it's arguable who will be their you know their their ace, their opening day starter between Darvish or Otani. Uh, both are obviously legit frontline starters and everything like that. But um, Yu Darvish comes in at number four. Number three is Julio Urias of Mexico. Uh, like like I mentioned, Morosi was raving about Team Mexico. And, you know, upon review and even looking over Mexico's lineup last night, they I can see why there's a lot of hype around them. They could do some damage. They've got – I feel like they're kind of an underrated team. Like whenever you hear World Baseball Classic, probably the top teams that come to mind in there that are always going to be legit contenders is – the Dominican Republic, USA, Venezuela, Puerto Rico. Those are probably like the top four. And then, you know, maybe every other year, there's a new fifth team that shows up in there and everything like that. And I think this season, it might be Team Mexico. They might be a team that really got to watch out for. Um, maybe not a lot of people are going to expect them to do well, but uh, I would not shock me if Team Mexico went on a, on a very deep run in this tournament. And who will Julio Urias is going to be a big part of that. Number two is the aforementioned Shohei Otani. Again, that one-two punch that Japan's going to be able to roll out there is going to be deadly. And again, I prefer Otani more than Darvish, so that's why I've got him at number two. And then my number one guy who is fresh off a Cy Young and he's doesn't get talked a lot, uh, talked about a lot, but I feel that that's changing over this offseason that's sandy alcantara for the dominican republic that dominican republic's 
squad is loaded and he is going to be their frontline starter. And so we're fall. Those are my top five. Who are your top five pitchers? So we do have a few agreements here, but uh, my top five is loaded beyond loaded. So at number five, I dug up the one and only Kristen Javier from the Houston Astros. Javier, again, he had a very strong season in Houston, and now he will be present, uh, representing the one and only team from Venezuela. So Javier is definitely one of the bigger names out there. Sorry, not, not Venezuela, Dominican Republic. Dominican. So yeah, Javier coming a very strong season. And that is my number five, the 25-year-old Christian Javier. At number four, I'm going to have to go with Martin Perez of the Texas Rangers. Martin Perez joining the star-studded team in Venezuela. And I just love Martin Perez because he's, again, Martin Perez is a guy who really had a breakout year in Texas. And now he's really just the the star in Texas. And now he's the, the front, frontline starter and really just the anchor of the Rangers rotation. So he's looking to make a potential impact in the World Baseball Classic. And now he's on a loaded Venezuela team. So what else can we ask for more? At three, I've got the Dodger stud Julio. Urias, I'm pretty sure. Did you mention all the Urias? I did. I did. He's my number three guy as well. You did mention him. So there we go. We got an agreement already. So Julio <laughs> Urias, another guy who really just had a very another impressive year, back to back impressive years for Mr. Julio Urias, one of my favorite pitchers out there. Not as doesn't really tower over you like most guys. But he's just a power. He's just a power pitcher, and he pounds the strike zone. And I think he's kind of a guy who just <laughs> strikes guys out. And I think it's really all I can ask for. So Julio Urias at number two, I've got the one and only Shohei Hotani of Japan. The two way hold up back to back back to back agreements here three back to back agreements. What is going on? Uh. <laughs> I think we're, we're I think we're just gonna have to shut this down while we speak right now because <laughs> I, I, I don't think this is really working out. We're we're not the whole point of this doing this is just to argue. <laughs> right. Right. So at two, like we agreed, is the one and only Shohei representing Japan. And at number one, another agreement. Just realized this. So another agreement is the oh my. reigning NL Cy Young. Sandy Alcantara for Dominican Republic. That's my second pitcher representing Dominican Republic. So their rotation is going to be stacked. Let's just go through the rotation for a second. They're going to have Alcantara. They're going to have Ronsi Contreras, Johnny Cueto, Christian Javier. And that's about it. But that's stacked. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So that's definitely up there. If, if we... If we were going to compose our top five rotations out of all of the countries, I would definitely put DR up there, but that's not what we're doing. So 
There you go, guys. Our top five starting pitchers heading into the WBC. Next, we're going to head into our all WBC team. So this is how it's going to work. So me and Chris are actually going to agree on this. And we're not going to, we're going to, our, well, how this is going to work is we are going to break down the teams and we're going to pick our favorite players to employ a position and the all WC team. And we're going to compose, we're kind of going to be like talking baseball and we're going to make our all JM teams, not really JM teams because we're not John boy, but we're going to do an all WC team and let's get into it. Okay. So a catcher. Chris, who are we looking at to employ our catching position? So for me, there there are a lot of some really talented catchers that are going to be featured in this. You've got Alejandro Kirk. You've got JT Romoto. You've got um, you've got Salvador Perez. You've got Will Smith. So for me, I think the number one catcher is is Salvador Perez of Team Venezuela. I think he's one of the the best catchers. I mean, he catches every game, it seems like, for Kansas City. He is a little bit older, but he's still getting it done. And I have him as top solicit. Okay. So I'm going to have to agree with you on there, although I, I really like the show that, Alejandro Kirk put on for us this past year, but Salvador yeah. Perez, again, he's one of those veteran players who can really impact the younger guys. And I think Salvador Perez, again, we, we, we know the, the home run show that he put on two years ago, and we're trying to get him back on track to what he did a couple years ago, but Salvi is going to be our catcher. For this year's all WBC team for the replacement of a podcast, catcher goes to the one and only Salvi. At first base, I'm going to have to go with Paul Goldschmidt, the reigning NL MVP. Chris, I'm uh, not sure if you have anything else in mind, but the reigning MVP, it's kind of all that that comes to mind when I think of Paul Goldschmidt. So I think... Again, he's 35, one of those, another veteran guy who can really have an impact on younger players, and he's just an all-around player. He's a a Mm -hmm. perennial hitter, and that's all you can really ask for. So, Chris, who you got for first base? First base, I've got Team Canada's Freddie Freeman. So, I mean, it's kind of odd to think about him as being Canadian and everything, and he does replace Joey Votto as Team Canada's first baseman um but he's 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 good i mean he's just kind of solid he's got his world series now with the dodgers and everything and um i like him on i like him as part of like the lineup that i'm putting together and where i can have him slot in and just everything that he brings to to a team as a leader as well okay so you know what i'm fine if we if we're going to argue on just one or two players. So there you go. Freddie Freeman and Freddie and Paul Goldschmidt. Those are our favorites to become the first baseman on all WC team at second base. Chris, who's our second baseman? So this will probably be, um, <clears throat> this will probably be one of maybe a few shockers for everyone out there, but, uh, 
starting second base from Team Korea, had a really good season last year in the NL. Doesn't get a lot of hype, doesn't get a lot of attention, but he, if you check out his numbers, they're pretty solid last year, especially on the defensive side. He does have an ability to kind of play all over the place as well. That is Tommy Edmond from the St. Louis Cardinals. But again, he will be the on War team. Machine. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. So, Rafal, who, who, are you on board with me here, Tommy Edmond, or are we going in a different direction here? I mean, I'm a war lover. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I mean, I'm an Astros hater, but <laughs> I, I, I've got to go with Jose Aldube. Because oh. <laughs> the guy just hits the ball. And he does. he's he's like five seven five eight, and he just pounds the ball. So Jose Altuve from Venezuela. So we got, you know what, Jose Altuve. And for Chris, it's gonna be the one and only Chris. Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond, the war machine. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so at third base, this is kind of an interesting one. But at third I'm base, consensus coming up. What you say? I said I feel I feel a consensus coming up with the same same guy here. But. I, I really do feel that. I'm not gonna sure where you respond here. But at third base, I I'm gonna go with the one and only himself, Manny Machado. Oh my. Oh my. That was not where I thought you were going with that, especially with all the love that you gave to. Paul Goldschmidt earlier, I, I thought for sure you're going to go to probably the best third baseman in baseball right now in no. Nolan Arenado. But, I mean, uh-huh. I won't lie. Manny Machado initially is a guy who I pegged in, when I was writing these down. He was the first guy I put on there. And then, you know, of course, going through the lineups and everything and the rosters and then come across Arenado. I was like, man, it's like that's the classic that everyone picks. Like, I kind of want to be a little bit different, really unique. But then just looking at the comparisons and their stats, and especially on the defensive side, Arnold just blows Machado out of the water when it comes to defensive third baseman. And so for me, a guy who values defense probably more than a lot of other people do, I have to give it up to the the one and only Gold Glover. I think he's got like 10 of those things. And surprisingly, uh, I don't think Manny Machado has – any gold gloves? Maybe he's got one or two, but um, definitely not on the same level as Nolan Arenado. Listen, I, I'm all for Nolan. I'm really all for him, but it, it was so close. And I, I, I'm definitely a big believer in defense. I think that's one of the marquee attributes in the game of baseball, and if not the most important, aside from offense. But yeah. Really was so close, but I, I did have. Mm-hmm. I am giving the pedal to Manny Machado for my third baseman, but Nolan is honestly, if I'm gonna be honest with the guys, I, I probably made the mistake of, of doing that. But it, I just, I really love Manny's bat, and mm-hmm. Nano is honestly, if not even better or maybe even worse of a hitter. But I, I definitely think it's very close. But those are mm-hmm. my three. And now let's head to the outfield. So for outfield, um, we know what we're going to do is we're going to give our three. So we're not going to do center field, left field, right field. We're just going to give three outfielders that we feel should make the all WCJM team. So for my three, I am going to go Mike Trout in center field. And the other two corner spots, 
are going to go to two players who I just completely adore. And one of them is the one and only Julio, not Julio, sorry, he was <laughs> my fourth guy. So the second spot oh. goes to Mookie Betts. I know I'm kind of let you down there. Sorry, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Sure, you were a bit upset that I didn't put Julio there, but so we got Mike Trout, and we got Mookie Betts, and third goes to the one and only Ronald Acuna Jr. Those are my three outfielders, and that outfield is really just that's 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 just a crazy outfield. You got three guys who are MVP caliber players. Honestly, there's really nothing else that you can ask for. So, Chris, I want to hear from you. What you got? Yeah, those are you know those are good choices for sure. And Acuna's one that is um, he's definitely tough to leave off any list and everything just because of what he brings to the table. But again, and in, in f- looking at players playing the outfield and what they bring not only at the plate but also in defense, Mike Trout his his. Um, Defensive rating is not as good as some of the other guys that are out there. Definitely not as good as the one and only rookie of the year, Julio Rodriguez. So that's the guy I've got patrolling the center of the field. To his right, we both agree Mookie Betts. He's arguably the top right fielder in in baseball still at his age and everything like that. Left field, though. Left field. This is probably going to be a little bit shocking to some. And, you know, I'll present my case here, but it's going to be – one of the latest Cuba big-time prospects that have come out, uh, Luis Robert of the Chicago White Sox. Now, we all know Luis Robert is a talented player. At least that's what everyone's been telling us. He's a guy that's supposed to be like a perennial 2020-something, kind of like in the Ronald Cunha Jr. type of a mold, guy that can steal bases, hit, hit bombs, and be a gold glover. He just, unfortunately, he has not been able to stay in the field a lot during his career. I think he's only played like maybe 80 more games uh, than Julio Rodriguez. And we're talking about Julio who just only played one, been in the majors for one season, and Robert who's been in for a couple now. Um, But the fact of the matter is when you're looking at the World Baseball Classic, you're just needing guys who can get you through for a month of games, not a full 162 games. And let's be honest. Robert hasn't held up for a full major league season, but he has been able to hold up for at least a month. And that's all I'm asking from him is here. Just give me a month's worth of games, play your best. And I've got a good feeling that not only will that outfield cover a lot of ground, make it a legit no fly zone out there, unless the ball is on the ground already before it reaches the grass, but his talent and his speed out there. Bad outfield would just be one of the nastiest in all of baseball out there for sure. And what they could do at the play and on the base pass would be just a terrorizing force for pitchers to worry about and deal with. So my three outfielders are Luis, Robert, Julio Rodriguez, and Mookie Betts. But, Rufal, who do you have for for shortstop? Shortstop? Oh, I totally forgot about that. So at shortstop, this was very tough. I'll be honest, this was very, very tough. You know what, Chris? Why don't I throw the reverse card back at you and you go first? Because I honestly want to see what you thought about this because it was very, very tough for me, honestly. 
Yeah. So again, I like to be different and kind of keep people on the toes, keep them off the books, keep things interesting. And initially I wanted to go with Jeremy Pena because of the rookie season he had in Houston, everything last year, obviously Jeremy Pena from the Dominican Republic, but you just can't when there's a guy out there who plays in, in the state of New York, who just has a big time light up smile out there, Wanted the big money, wanted the big contract, got it, struggled, but it didn't let him affect, didn't have any effect on his character or anything. And that is the one and only starting shortstop of Puerto Rico, Francisco Lindor. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to respect that, but I'm going to have to throw this back at you with the one and only starting shortstop for the Philadelphia Phillies signed that massive contract. The one and yeah. only Trey Turner, the speedster. And there you go, shortstop. He'll be hitting and he'll be representing the U.S. this year. Mm-hmm. Trey Turner, the big speed, contact, power, pretty much all-encompassing hitter. And there you go. That is my shortstop. And that's all we've got. And finally, for our final topic, this is going to be a fun one because this is kind of the big one I'm sure all you guys have been waiting for because this is the big hitter. And let's get right into it. Okay, here we go. So now we're going to get into our top five country lineups. So we, we got you guys all the fun ones. We got your top hats. We got your top, top uniforms. We gave you the all replacement level WBC lineup and infield, and now we're going to give you our top five country lineups. So we're going to go five, four, three, two, one, like we usually do. And so at five, my fifth favorite lineup goes to Puerto Rico, who is coming in with a very solid offense and consisting of a very strong offensive group. So Puerto Rico is at my five. Puerto Rico this year consists of Javier Baez at second, Francisco Lindor at shortstop, Emmanuel Rivera at third, Eddie Rosario, Nelson Vasquez, and Harry Rombos with MJ Melendez and Christian Vasquez behind the plate with Martin Maldonado as well, and Kiki Hernandez as well. And Jose Miranda, they've got a plethora of actually only one, two, three, four guys are non-MLB players. And just going through this list, you got definitely a lot of talent. And I'm looking to see a Puerto Rico team that can definitely compete. I'm not sure that they compete with the big names out there, but I definitely think their offense is capable and definitely has the prowess to make it well into the first couple rounds. Chris, who's your fifth? Number five is Team Mexico. Um, Again, before I saw the John Morosi tweet and his love about it, you know, it was one of those things I looked at the roster. First time I was like, eh, whatever, not going to be much. And then I was looking at it again. I was like, wait a second. They've got, they've got some talent there. I mean, you've got, your catcher is going to be either Alejandro Kirk or Austin Barnes. And most likely Kirk is probably your starting DH with Barnes behind the plate. Uh, first base is, you know, uh, Rowdy Tellez, I think, um, you know, 
Third, second base is probably going to be Luis Urias. Shortstop is Alan Trejo, who not a lot of people are talking about over there, but watch out for him. He's over in Colorado, going to be a gonna be hopefully a uh, star player but and then third base you got Isaac Paradis and then the outfield just listen to the talent they outfield Randy Arroz Arena Jaron Duran Alec Thomas and then Alex Verdugo that's a pretty good five guys for the outfield uh, or four guys for the outfield and again one of those guys is gonna have to sit so don't sleep on Team Mexico. They're going to be in the same pool as USA. And I would say right now the top two teams in that pool are probably going to be USA and, U- and Mexico coming out of it. And um, Team Mexico is my number five team. Uh, moving on to number four, I have the team you just talked about, Puerto Rico. Uh, they're good. They're definitely going to be a team to, that you have to watch out for as well. But uh, I won't share too much more on them since you already talked about them. But Rafal, who do you have for your number four? At four, we, we, we you know we did a switcheroo. So at four, okay. I've got Mexico. <laughs> I told you it's every no matter what we do, we we never can agree unless it's some sort of uniform or something like that. So <laughs> at four, I do have Mexico. Uh, not really much else to say. It just I love their lineup because Alejandro Kirk is probably one of my favorite players in baseball. So. Mm. There you go, and obviously they have a few other contributors and a few other major assets to this rod to the lineup. But Brady Telez also one of my yes. favorite guys, Poppy Telez. So number four goes to Mexico at three. I put in three, two, and one. Um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Chris that we that we agreed. I'm really hoping that we did. Um, we uh, uh my. Guess is we may have switched up the next two that we're going to mention. I'm guessing the one we both agree on. But at three, I filled in one of my, I mean, obviously my third favorite roster. But Venezuela is my third favorite lineup heading into the WC. Venezuela consists of a stacked the outfield, we got Santander, David Peralta, and Ronald Acuna Jr. The infield, at first, we've got Miggy coming back and playing. We've got <laughs> second base, we've got Arise, we've got Jose Altuve, we got Miggy Rojas, we got Luis Ronjifo, and Gleyber Torres of my Yanks. At the hot corner, we got Eduardo Escobar. Oh, I forgot to mention Andres Jimenez. At, third, yes. at the hot corner, it's likely going to be Eduardo Escobar. And behind the plate at short, it's either hopefully I'm leaning towards Miggy Rojas, and we may see, maybe we'll see Luis Arias. Not so sure, but at and behind the dish, as we mentioned before, it's gonna be Salvi Perez with Narvaez and Torinos backing them up. So there you go, my third favorite lineup. They got a ton going for them. So Venezuela and Chris, what you got for three? Three, same, Venezuela. Um, it'll be interesting, just one of the things I'm looking at, they, they've got a lot of guys kind of in their infield, or at least they're predominantly infielders, not so much in the outfield, where they've only got Acuna, Peralta, and Santander as their outfield. So, you know, obviously those three guys are going to probably play every game. But, you know, baseball comes up with nicks and injuries and, you know, time off. So it will be interesting to see how Venezuela handles if they've got to move – one of those three outfielders 
you know, take them out for a day and put somebody else in there. Um, they've got pieces, they've got players that they can move around and hopefully plays I don't think are going to have too much of a drop off or anything like that. I mean, Andres Jimenez can play second or short. Luis Urias can play kind of all over the infield. Gleyber Torres is a second baseman. Eugenio Suarez, third baseman. So they've got guys that they can fill in all over the place like that. But um, it will be fun to see. And then not only that, but this is Miguel Cabrera's last year in Major League Baseball. And it very well may be his last year in the World Baseball Classic as well. I mean, I, I'm pretty confident in it. You know, he's like, what, 40, 40 years old or something like that. But, um, uh, you know, it'll be fun to watch him play probably, you know, this year, 2023 is going to be the last time we see Miguel Cabrera suiting up and playing baseball. Uh, it will be interesting to see if he decides to pull Yadier Molina and coach Team Venezuela in the next World Baseball Classic or not. But it will be fun to watch him play again for sure. So num- my number two, I've got obviously our home country, Team USA, and they've got a really good lineup um, as well. It may not be one of their better ones that they've you know, entered into this World Baseball Classic, but still, nonetheless, they are very much in a very good spot in their offense. JT Romulto is probably going to be starting behind the plate, but then you've got Will Smith backing them up, who's no, no slouch whatsoever. Their infield is Pete Alonzo, Tim Anderson, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Trey Turner, and then Bobby Witt Jr., um, who I like in there. And I think that's going to be really cool to watch him play on this kind of a stage as well. Um, it, the one thing I'm really curious to see about Team USA's infield is kind of what they decide to do up the middle. We know Turner can play second and short. He's probably the better shortstop than Tim Anderson is. But, you know, I don't know if Tim Anderson will be as good playing second base as if he was playing short. So I wonder if they decide keeping Anderson at short and moving Turner to second. And then you've got probably Goldschmidt and Arnado at the corners and then Pete Alonso is probably going to be your DH um, with Bobby Witt coming off the bench and being able to play short or third or anything like that. But then their outfield is a very interesting group. You've got Mookie Betts, you've got Mike Trout, who we've talked about, but then you've got Jeff McNeil from the Mets, Cedric Mullins of the Orioles, Kyle Schwarber, of the Phillies and then Kyle Tucker as well. So it's another interesting group out there. Obviously Trout's going to be in center field, but then you've got Tucker and Betts who are predominantly right fielders for their respective ball clubs. So which one of those guys is, you know, going to probably shift over to left field. I think Mullins is enough is going to be most likely like the defensive replacement in the outfield. Schwarber is going to be your big bat off the bench. And then Jeff McNeil is a nice, nice addition because while they have him listed as the outfield, it's quite possible they have him playing second base and they have Turner being the starting shortstop with Tim Anderson coming off the bench, coming off the bench and maybe being more of like a pitch runner type. So I really like what Team USA has got. They've got some flexibility there. They're, this team, I think, is going to have to lean more on their offense than they have in years past. But Rafal, who do you have at number two? So I was thinking about taking a bold approach. I was looking at the rosters a little earlier. But uh, like going to have to go with the U.S. at two. Because uh, honestly, I was just breaking down. We obviously know who our number one is going to be. We're not going to be able to yet because just for the fun of it. But I was breaking down those two teams, really comparing, and just the team that, to be mentioned, has just more firepower mm-hmm. offensively. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the U.S. can stand for itself, and I would say they're even pretty even. And maybe 
the name to be mentioned has a little more prowess offensively. Obviously, you mentioned Chris. I don't know how much to add, but all I'm going to add is I, I gonna have to agree with you that the U.S. is going to be offensive centric this WBC because they're obviously the pitching staff isn't as strong. But yeah, lineup wise, it's interesting. You mentioned you got Schwarber, Schwarber, Trout, Tucker, and Mullins. Infield is loaded. Like you said, it's going to be Nato and then Goldschmidt on the other end, and I'm. Something I'm excited to see is where Pete Alonso is going to factor in here. Maybe he'll DH. That's going to be fun. And you also got JT and Will Smith and Higgy behind the plate. So you got a fun U.S. team. And this is going to wrap up our episode today. At the number one, our favorite, the Consensus W Replacement Level Podcast, the number one team, not to make it go all the way, just the number one team in terms of lineup. The Dominican Republic. Yep, yep. Consisting of a catcher. Let's go through the lineup really quick. It's going to be Francisco Mejia and Gary Sanchez. That isn't the strongest catching yeah. group. I'm not so sure about those here. My former Yankee Sanchez. But the infield, it's stacked. And the outfield, even more so. The infield, first base is going to be Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Second base is going to be Gene Segura. Willie Adamas may also. It's going to be a shortstop. It could be Pena. It could be Willie Adamas. It could be Wander Franco, the shortstop. The rookie says Jason himself, who needs to get healthy. And at the hot corner, we got Manny. We got Rafi. Nelson Cruz is also back. He's with the Padres, 42-year-old. And Robbie Cano will also be making a and will making a appearance in the outfield. This is this is honestly. This could be, this is the future of baseball. Juan Soto, Julio, your Julio in center field. Soto, one yep. of the hot corners. Eloy, and then Teoscar Hernandez. This is completely loaded. And yep. one thing that I'm excited for is I want to see what the infield is going to look like. Because, like I said, you've got a lot of guys. Really, You've got a handful of guys who can employ any of the uh, any of the positions up the middle. We got Marte, we got Pena, we got Segura, we got Franco, and we got Willie Domus. So there's, there's kind of a, a good variety of players to turn to, and I'm just excited to see where they where they turn. So we'll see how that goes. And Chris, anything to add on your end? Yeah, no, I mean, you really did cover it. There, I think the biggest intriguing thing about the team, Dominican Republic, is just questions of, Who's starting? You know, who who is starting at second base? Is it going to be Kettle Marte, Gene Segura, or the ghost of Robinson Cano? You know, it shortstop, is it Wander Franco? Is it Willie Damas? Or is it Jeremy Pena? Third base, is it Machado Devers? You know, just a lot of questions of who's going to be the guy. And like the, it, I was talking with a buddy, and they have a great problem to have, which is they've got so much talent that they probably can't screw it up if they just plug those guys in. You know, like they're, they should be really good. Doesn't matter who they put in where they're going to be fine. And then the outfield, you know, same thing. I think we both know Julio and Soto are going to be starters. And then it's just a matter of who's going to be uh, to their left. Is it going to be Eloy or is it going to be Teoscar? But again, they've got so much depth, so much talent. It, it would just be really interesting to see who they decide to roll out and be their starters in their first game. Yeah. 
This is going to be an exciting next month. I'm really excited because we got spring training going. We got the WC coming up. And next week, guys, we got a fun one in store for you next week, guys. You guys should definitely tune in. And again, always check us out on Twitter and Apple Podcasts. Check out the Replacement Love Podcast on Twitter as well. Give us a follow. Share. Share with family, friends. Get to know us. And Chris signing off. Hope you guys have an enjoyable week. And we will speak to you guys next week.